Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Kelly Minter. Kelly is on the show talking about how a little faith goes a long way based on my devotional, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life, and her devotional titled The Blessed Life. Join us as we chat about the mind, heart, and work of Jesus so that we might know him more deeply and reflect him more fully. May we too experience the blessed life now and in eternity. What will you do by faith today? Hello, Kelly, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Hey, Rachel, I'm so happy to be here. This is this is awesome going through this devotional throughout the year, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, I know I told you before we uh, hit record, but it's just it's such an an honor to get to talk to you because I've done so many of your Bible studies with my church group, and to get to actually meet you and to hear your heart in person it is just a real treat. So thank you so much. Oh, I'm so happy to do it. So happy to be here. So today's conversation is all about how a little faith goes a long way. Based on my devotional, a little goes a long way, 52 days to a significant life. So as we begin, I'd love to just hear about your own faith journey. Would you start with, with telling us more about how you came to know the Lord and kind of your, your journey with him? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area in Northern Virginia, right outside D.C., and my parents had started a church the year before I was born. And uh, so that was just like really, truly just church planters up there, which was awesome. And um, so I got just a, a front row seat to to the word, to the Lord, um, to church life. And um, I would say the church played a huge role in my faith journey. Um, I, I definitely got to that place in my life um, over many different milestones where I had to make that faith my own, where it was not just my parents' faith or just the church's faith, but Jesus really became um, the one that I chose and the one that I believed in and the one that I wanted to surrender my life to. And um, so I, I started, um, let's see, I, 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 one of the biggest kind of moments in my faith journey was losing a basketball scholarship when I was a senior in high school. And so much of my life was wrapped up in, in sports and in basketball. And it was my community. It was my friends. It was my identity. And when that got taken away, it just, for me, my world kind of crashed um, because that is where I found my, my kind of like my life. And that was a huge uh, turning point for me. Like, am I going to really trust the Lord? Um, for his purpose and, and plan for me. And I just remember reading, I can't remember if it's in first Th- Thessalonians or second Thessalonians, but it says, give thanks in all things. And it was just that idea of Lord, okay, I want to thank you even for this loss, knowing that you're going to do something. And at, at that age, it was just hard to even imagine life outside of sports and outside of that community. And I ended up picking up a guitar and getting into music um, shortly after that. And then, then a few years later, signed a record deal in Nashville and kind of replaced the sports with the music. And I don't want to say I hadn't learned my lesson, but it was like this, I kind of went from one idol in a sense of sports to another idol. And, and just that can be kind of a technical old school biblical term, but just the idea of, of something that I was looking to for life and for happiness and peace outside of the Lord. And so I kind of threw that all into music and um, anyway, had a tough music journey 
and then finally started writing some Bible studies and books and, and no different there as far as like, we all put our identity, it's easy to put our identity, even in ministry things, even in things like Christian books or Bible studies or speaking, it's really no different. The temptation's always there, but those faith milestone markers were real, um, just development and and really where I wrote my I wrote my first Bible study out of all of that called No Other Gods, The Unrivaled Pursuit of Christ. And it was it's really just about um identifying those modern day false gods in our lives, those things that we're looking to for salvation in a sense, for maybe not our eternal life, but like our happiness now. And instead saying, No, I want to find that in Jesus. So um that was my first Bible study, No Other Gods. And then that that was like 15 years ago. And here we go. So that's that's a that's it in a synopsis there. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just thinking about how there might be just want to be mindful of somebody that maybe isn't um a person of faith or yeah. maybe is really just doubting um her faith right now. And so have have you ever had seasons? I mean, it seems like you've just had a very faithful long life of of being a believer. Do have you ever had a season where you struggled or, or died oh, in your faith. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I mean, I thank God that I feel like I have, um, obviously been a believer for, um, you know, all that time. I, I've, I've, I've never like, um, left the faith per se, but there have been huge, you know, times, months, maybe even into years of just struggle and wanting to know if God really is faithful and feeling like, okay, I've done the right thing. I've made the right choices. Where's the blessing? You know, where's the, where's the husband or the, you know, or the big success or what, you know, whatever it might be. And still, you know, just like, Lord, where are sometimes even just going, where is your presence? Where are you? So I think that has been, um, yeah, I mean, there have definitely been those seasons for sure in, in our faith. But I also think that that's partly what grows our faith and what stretches our faith, because we all know that nothing really um, grows without challenge. You know, even gardening, you know, if you, you know, when I'm growing tomatoes, if I can kind of hold back some of the water, that forces their roots to go deeper. Um, you know, there's just, you know, James talks about the the testing of our faith, Um and just rejoicing in those trials because we know we're going to be made mature and, and complete. And so um, I don't think it's a bad thing when our faith is tested, but we definitely want to lean into the Lord during those times. But yes, I've, I've had my share of knockdown drag outs with the Lord for sure. Yeah. And I think that's so important just to, to be, for all of us to be honest about that, that we're not alone kind of in that, in that struggle. If somebody is questioning today, but you yeah. are really passionate about the belief that God and his word are meant for our lives here and now. And this is something I feel like God really taught me several years ago. It's like, we're we're not just safe for just eternity. Yes, that's wonderful. And I can't wait, but like, how do we live in light of our inheritance now? So I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit more about your passion about our lives here and now and how we can live out our faith here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, um, yeah, the word is the, is, is that place where we go that really, um, I think deepens our faith and, and transforms our minds. And that's one thing that I'm so thankful, just having the opportunity to have written a 90 day devotional through the Sermon on the Mount and then into 10 of Jesus' miracles and healings is that you get um, such a, a different 
um, idea of what Jesus says is the blessed life. What Jesus says is, is blessing. And that's why, that's why I call it the devotional, the blessed life, because Jesus starts out with the Beatitudes, but he starts out with that blessing that is so different than what we think. And it's that, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are those who are merciful. Um, those conditions in and of themselves are not blessed, but what is attached to those conditions when there is faith in Christ is the blessing, you know, the kingdom of heaven, the comfort that will be received, the filling of righteousness and justice to be done. And so we see like, well, that's so upside down. We don't think of the poor or the poor in spirit as being the blessed ones, but in, in those are the ones that are rich in faith, um, oftentimes, and the ones who are rich in the treasures and in the communion of Christ. Um, you know, then in that sermon, Jesus talks about not worrying. He talks about um, not having anxiety because our father in heaven takes care of the birds, takes care of the flowers and dresses them beautifully. Um, he talks about fasting and prayer and um, generosity that there, you know, there's so many things that, um, that affect our faith right now. In fact, I would say that the vast amount of the sermon is focused on now. Now, of course, it's always in light of eternity. It's always in light of what's to come, like, you know, storing up treasure in heaven, but all of this affects our life now. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been a, that's, that's been a huge um, thing for me is just sitting with Jesus teaching and his miracles and seeing how he um, affects and changes the life that we live right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, as you mentioned, your latest devotional is titled the blessed life. And I think that this is just something we all want. I mean, I imagine if that is sitting up yeah. on the shelf, you're like, yes, I want to pick that up. Cause that's what right. we all, that's what we all want. But as you kind of just mentioned, like a blessed life is actually kind of different than what we think a blessed life is. Do you have anything more to say on that? Yes. And that's exactly right. We have to come to the blessed life as through the Lord's definition of what that looks like. And and when we think about before the fall, before sin, before sickness, before brokenness, before um, fractured relationships, um, Adam and Eve, man and woman, they were living peacefully, joyfully, totally fulfilled in the presence of the Lord. They were in communion with him. And when sin entered the world, that was broken. It was fractured. And the problem is, is we try to, to cure that brokenness or to... Um, fill those aches in our souls with what we deem blessing. And oftentimes that looks like, it looks like a significant other. It looks like a child or a grandchild. It looks like a promotion uh, or some sort of success. It looks like money. It looks like a vacation home. It looks like a new home. It looks like more money in our bank accounts. And while those things are good things, they are not what define blessing. They're not, they're not what define a blessed life. And, and so what I think um, the Jesus coming and the coming of his kingdom is to restore what was lost in the Garden of Eden, to restore that. And, and so what was in the Garden of Eden was not more fame, more money, more notoriety, more money in the stock market, you know, bigger vacation homes. What was lost there was perfect union with our Heavenly Father. And so because of the gift of Jesus' death and on the cross and his resurrection and the forgiveness of sin, that reconciliation that he brings, and then the giving of the Holy Spirit, we have this ability to live 
the blessed life, even in the middle of persecutions or hardship or injustice, because we have, we now have access to his presence. And, and yes, there might be some of those other blessings uh, there, like God may give us that one true friend or that husband or wife or, um, you know, financial blessing, but it will always be for him, for him to be glorified and for us to have that joy and that fullness because of that. Um, so we do have to redefine blessing. Um, it, it has to be majorly redefined. And yet at the same time, it's way better than what the world defines as blessing because all we have to do is look around and it like, it's funny. I was watching an old movie. Well, not old, but like a movie that's like 20 years old, but that was like really popular in my day and like beautiful male actor, beautiful female actress, and they've aged, you know, you go back 25 years ago and you see them now and they've aged. They're still fantastic looking and far better than, you know, than probably your average person. But it's so true. Like what James says is that the the glory of, of humans, it's fading away. Beauty's fading away. And even the most beautiful among us, all of that is temporal and it's fleeting. And even when you hit the top of your game, that kind of blessing is not sustainable. It's not eternal. And Jesus is offering an eternal blessing that starts now that we can enjoy now. And um, so even we have to be honest with ourselves that even the blessings of this world, they're not forever. And so I, I want to live for what is, you know, eternal and what what's forever. Yeah, me too. Well, um, earlier you, you mentioned that your devotional is 90 days through the teaching and the teachings and miracles of Jesus. And yeah. I always think about like how incredible it must have been to have been present there, sitting, listening to him, you know, giving the sermon on the sermon on the Mount and mm-hmm. hearing the Beatitudes in person and just being with him face to face and just even yes. witnessing his miracles. And so through your study, what did you learn and appreciate most about Jesus as you were just like looking at this? It was his longest sermon, right? Yeah. Longest recorded sermon that we have. Um, I, I think it was, I think, um, just the way that it points to him as the fulfillment of the old Testament, I think is so important. Um, you know, there's the famous passage in, in chapter five, where Jesus says, um, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So when we look at the old Testament and we see God's covenant with Abraham, we see, um, you know, then Isaac and then Jacob and the 12 tribes and Moses um, helping deliver the people out of the oppression of Egypt. And then they come out as the nation of Israel and then King David and the monarchy, you get, you get all of this and you get the prophets and, and the 10 commandments and um, the other 603 commands. And uh, we see how it's, it's all serving a purpose, but it's not totally sufficient and the people continue to fall away from God and they just never can quite get it together. They can never quite come fully back to the Lord um, for a, a sustainable amount of time. And we get these prophecies in Ezekiel and, and in Jeremiah, where it talks about this coming day where our heart of stone would be turned to a heart of flesh and where we would be transformed and we would be changed and that the law would be written on our hearts, that it wouldn't just be something external and but that we would be made new. And I really believe that 
Jesus giving him the Sermon on the Mount and saying, I am the fulfillment of the law. I mean, like that was blasphemy in that day. There's no rabbi that would have ever claimed to be the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And Jesus point blank says that that is the case. And then he goes on and he begins to, in a sense, teach the Old Testament and the laws as the way that they were always intended to be. And so I think what has blessed me and has stood out is that Jesus is the one that it, it's not just even his teachings that we have to sit down and go, oh, wow, okay, these are great teachings. Let me see how I can live them. We do need to do that, but we can't do that without recognizing that he is truly the Messiah. He really is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He is the one that everyone has been waiting for. And there is really just no way to live that sermon apart from him. And yet I, I believe that we are to live the sermon, that it's not just a something that shows us our need for Christ and grace. And then we go, okay, well, thank goodness there's grace because I could never do this. I think there's grace to fuel our doing it and, and our living it. So just those impossible things like forgiving others and loving our enemies and not being angry, not lusting, you know, letting our yes be yes and our no be no, all of those things, apart from the Lord, we, we really can't do it. So I think that's probably what stood out to me is the person behind the sermon, mm -hmm. the person of Jesus. Well, and because he died and was resurrected, we now have the Holy Spirit to help us live out the, mm -hmm. these teachings as well. Thank yes, goodness yes. For, for that. And, yeah. you know, when we think about, you know, you, you looked at his miracles and I think so often it's, we can look at the miracles and we can read about them. And sometimes it's hard, if I'm being honest for me to, and I trust that it's true and I have faith yeah. that it's true, but sometimes I'm like, gosh, that's so miraculous and so big. How could that have really happened? Yeah. And I think for me, I'm like, okay, even if I do believe it happened then it's even harder for me to believe that it can still happen now. Uh -huh. So yes. how would you encourage us to trust God is still working in our lives in miraculous ways? I mean, yeah. big and small ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a huge question. And you know, lots of different theological opinions on, you know, what kind of miracles is the Lord still doing today. But I, I personally believe that he is still, obviously we know he is capable. There's no question about that. And I believe he's still doing them today. I think a lot of the issue for us is that we have so many other things that we depend on before we get to the Lord. You know, our, we put our hope in our money or in our lawyer or in a doctor or in a whatever. And I, I know that, um, and not that those are bad uh, people to, to, to trust in or to hope in, obviously God's given those wonderful skills to those professions. But I think we, we go to our own resources first, and then we kind of put Jesus as a back, as a backup. And, and I've gone and traveled to the Amazon jungle in Brazil with an organization called justice and mercy international. I've spent a lot of time with jungle pastors and missionaries and men and women who, have lived in the jungle, born and raised, and they really don't have a lot of resources of their own. There are really no resources to fall back on. And so Jesus is their first and their last. And they fast and they pray and they're committed to praying and they're committed to seeking the Lord. And, and I hear of incredible miracles all the time um, that they testify about, you know, being out in the middle of the water in a storm and they run out of gas in their you know, canoe and all of a sudden the tank is full and they're able to escape, you know, or um, people who have been incredibly sick 
and dying that have been miraculously healed. It just all kinds of testimonies. And I, I, I don't think it's just because the Lord's just decided to only work in the Amazon. I think it's because those are the people that are truly coming to him with that unwavering faith. And yet at the same time, when you, um, and I address this in my devotional, but when you go through the 10 miracles that Matthew talks about, it's really interesting because sometimes the Lord heals and, and there's great faith, like the Roman centurion's servant. He, he says, he says, I've, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. And, and, and so you think, oh, wow. Okay. So I, I guess, I guess I don't have enough faith. I guess I got to have faith for God to do a miracle like that. Well, then he goes to Peter, his mother-in-law and he heals her and there's no mention of her faith at all. Mm-hmm. Then he stills the storm and the, with the disciples and Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. So you see a lot of faith, you see a little faith, you see no faith and you see Jesus doing miracles across the board. So we never want to get into that place where we feel like we've got to drum up faith um, to manipulate God to do something. And at the same time, Hebrews very plainly says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so I think, um, you know, the Lord, we know he loves faith. We know it delights him. And I think there's also that very fair prayer to say, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. You know, those places where you go, gosh, I just haven't seen a miracle like that. Or I haven't seen someone come to faith in a long time. Help me know that you can still do that and help me to seek you for where you want to do that. Um, so that's kind of a, probably how I would respond to that. And in my own journey of, of how this works with miracles and healings today. As you were talking, I was just thinking about like the the verse and I can't recall exactly where it is. Maybe you can, but about um, like if you have as, the faith of a mustard seed that you can, yeah. you can move mountains. And it's true. Like if we just have just, just a little, and I'm just even thinking about, I think we take uh, for granted many of the miracles, like the sun rising and the sun setting and the, the season yes. and the fact that the Holy Spirit re- lives and resides in us. I mean, that's, yes. that's a miracle in itself and something yes. that I know that I take for granted. And um, I just pray that God would open our eyes to maybe the things that we um, don't consider miracles, that he is working each and every moment of every day. Yes. Um, absolutely. So, so what is your hope for the women that read your devotional? I mean, are you, you hope that they live a blessed life, right? Or I mean, but beyond, I don't know, what, what's your hope for people, women as they read it? Yeah. Well, I'm hoping for one thing, I'm hoping that it'll get people um, just more familiar with Jesus' sermon and the miracles that follow. So it's Matthew, I cover Matthew five through nine. So it's, it's five chapters. So it's not only the Sermon on the Mount, which is in chapters five, six, and seven, but it's these 10 miracles that happen in chapters eight and nine, and then the call for us to go be disciples in his harvest field. So um, I just hope that it will get women in the word, get uh, or and men, this is really for anybody who wants to just go through the sermon, but that it would get people in the word to hear what Jesus teaching is to daily take that and think about that, but then to follow him down the mountain and go through that sea of humanity that is broken, that is in need and see his power over nature, over sickness, over disease, his ability to, and his power to forgive sin. And then the call for him, for us to build our lives on solid rock. So I just want women and, and like I said, and men as well, um, to just make their way through the teachings and the healings and the miracles of Jesus and get to know him in a more deeper way. And then do accordingly, walk accordingly, uh, so that we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would actually be doers of the word. 
That's what this whole podcast is about is to, to how do we go and be the love offerings after he's given us um, his love. Mm. So mm. how, how are you different after you've written and read through these sermons and um, like, how do, how do we go and do that on a practical everyday basis? Cause it seems, I mean, I get, and I'm nodding my head to everything that you're saying, but I'm thinking, okay, how do I, how do I make this practical and like actually live this, this out, yeah. this, this sermon? Yeah. Well, there's so many practical pieces and I write about those. I mean, the whole thing is, is incredibly practical, you know, talking about being salt of the earth, which is, you know, to preserve, um, to, to be, to be preservation around us. We see, you know, um, friends, neighbors who are in need and we want to help be, um, preserve also to be light of the world. And, and, uh, Jesus very clearly defines what that light is. He says it's to do good works so that people would glorify our father in heaven. So, what are the ways that we can serve the people in our church, serve our neighbors, you know, whether it's babysitting for someone or it's, you know, taking an elderly person to a doctor appointment, or it might be sacrifice in some way. Um, he gets into forgiveness. Well, that's extremely practical. Like who is it that we are still harboring bitterness toward or um, anger toward? Then he goes through six of the commandments, um, you know, about not being angry. Well, that's a big one. That's extremely practical. So if we have an anger problem, we already know, we're not walking um, in accordance. And so we want the Lord to, to, to free us of that anger. Um, you know, he, he talks about prayer. So what does our prayer life look like? And, and just that practical idea of being in the word every day and, and in prayer. And I know it's so hard for, especially working um, people who got jobs or stay at home moms or moms who are working and raising children. Um, I, I know this is, it's, it's not always easy, but just having that time where we where we get with the Lord so that he can allow us and give us the freedom and the hope and the the strength to go through our days. Um, so I think there's a lot uh, of practicality. And then even the worry, we can all relate to, oh my goodness, the things that keep us up at night and how is this going to work out and how will this get paid for? And what will I do if this person leaves me? And, you know, and, and being able to, 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 to meditate in those in, uh, or reflect in those passages where Jesus says, look, your, your heavenly father takes care of the birds and they don't even sow or reap or store your heavenly father dresses the, the, the flowers. How much more is he going to clothe you? How, how much more will he do for you? Um, so a lot of it is just changing our thinking and, and getting in the word and recognizing how Jesus has called us to live. And again, I'm going to, I know I already said it, but thank goodness for the Holy spirit. Mm. <laughs> I'm like we cannot do that all. No, on our own. It feels no. so overwhelming, but he is there to help us right. every single step of the way. Um, and as you were talking, it just, it occurred to me, I thought, you know, yes, when we do all these things, it is a blessed life for us, but, and I don't know who exactly said it and who I should even, um, give the credit of this, but it's like, we're, we're blessed to go be a blessing. Like, yes, this is such yes. a, don't you think like that this, when we, when we go and bless other people in these ways, that's when we feel so blessed. Like it, yes. it goes back to what no you said question. earlier, that upside down culture of the Lord, the more we give, the more we receive. And no just, question about beautiful, it. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. And that, that is the whole idea that, that even you see um, in the, in the covenant that God makes with Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, he says, he essentially says that he says, I'm going to bless you and you, and through you, I will bless, you know, all the nations of the world. And that's the idea is that, yes, that's the joy. That's the excitement is the, the ability to be a blessing. It's like, 
you know, in Christmas time, you know, you, you grow up and it's all about what am I going to get today? What am I going to get today? What am I going to get today? You know, you don't even think when you're little about necessarily what you're going to give. And then you get to a certain age and, and hopefully this happens. And it's, I think it's a work of the Holy spirit, but all of a sudden you really just don't care so much about what you're going to get. You get so excited about what you can give because you realize that really is the joy. Mm-hmm. And you you look back and you go, well, how did that happen? What shifted? You know, but it it truly is more blessed to to give than to receive. And so I do think, um, yes, when we receive from the Lord, we want to give out. We want to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so this is the as we come to um, a, a close. Uh, this is the question that I have been asking all of my guests. And so for you, Kelly, how have you seen a little faith go a long way in your own life? Mm. I would say um, just that little faith of being in the word or being in prayer, just even if it's even if it's sometimes just a short time, we read a chapter of the word or something and it it's not even doesn't even feel like it's that long. Um, but where there's a verse or there's something that just really penetrates our hearts and that changes the way we think about our day, or maybe makes us or causes us to do something that we weren't thinking about before. Like I read a verse in James the other day about faith without works is dead. And that just really spoke to me because I thought, you know what, there are some things that I have faith for, but there were some things that I wanted to do for my neighbors that I thought I just need to do it. I need to go put that into action. And it was just a little something, but it changed it, it changed what I did with my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it does, it, it should move us to action. I'm thinking about the, in Hebrews 11, the hall of, you know, the faith hall of fame and yes, how every, yes. every person, there was a verb right beside their name. They did something mm-hmm. right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would just encourage everybody listening. Yes. Get into God's word, pray, be with him, and then just listen to the Holy spirit and go live out your faith today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Kelly, thank you uh, so much for being my guest. I know I would love to stay uh, connected with you. I'm sure listeners are going to want to stay connected with you. I'm going to li- want to listen to your podcast, get some of your Bible studies, purchase this devotional. So tell us how we can do that. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I love to be on Instagram. So I'm Kelly underscore mentor, which is just, it, you can find me pretty easily. And and on Facebook, those are kind of the two social media outlets where I'm at and like to share things there. I have a podcast called the Cultivate Podcast, and it's basically a Bible teaching podcast. So I just teach for about 30 minutes and um, that's been really awesome. And then, yeah, the Blessed Life devotional um, is, um, yeah, available and it's, it is, uh, you can find out more at theblessedlifebook.com or, or I guess it's, is that right? I think it's, yeah, I think it's theblessedlifebook.com. If not, you can find it on Amazon. It's pretty easy or on my website, which is kellymentor.com. But I, yeah, just any way I can help. I'm so happy to do that. And just so thankful, Rachel, for this and for your devotional. That's, that's so cool. The 52. I love that. Just you got one for every week, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, just glad to be able to be here today. All right. Well, thank you, Kelly. Thank you for helping us to live a blessed life and to believe that a little faith goes a long way. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Kelly Mentor. We hope that today helped you to realize that a little faith goes a long way and that you are living a blessed life. This week, your little task is to read Heroes 11 and think about what the heroes of faith were commended for, what kind of action, and then finish this sentence, by faith, your name, and what action you are doing. 
If you are interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive your weekly love offering newsletter. And all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. You can also listen to previous podcast episodes. You can read the blog series. You can download free resources like the conversation guide, guided journal, and list tracker. And you can invite me to speak about this a little goes a long way message. I love this message about significance, and I would love nothing more than to come and share it with your church group, your retreat, or your conference. So again, you can find all of that information at rachelkadams.com. Next week, my guest is Shannon Martin. She will be talking about how a little conversation goes a long way. So I can't wait to chat with you again then. But until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love.